You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Most enterprises use disparate systems to manage spend. The result? A reactive manual approach. CFOs and controllers, you deserve better. You deserve a unified spend platform from Brex. Brex makes it easy to proactively control spend with cards, spend management, travel, and bill pay in one place. You can create budgets with controls built in, track and adjust in real time to keep teams accountable, and automate compliance to close the books faster. Ready to control your spend with one unified platform? Visit Brex.com. I think it's fair to say that artists are an emotional bunch in general. We feel things deeply and react with conviction. And that goes for the wonderful and exciting emotions, but also for the heavy and worrisome emotions as well. In part two of my conversation with Ashley Monique Menard, we pick up where we left off, talking about ways to affect our mindset in a positive way. It gets me in that mindset of not looking at all the good things that are in front of me as challenges. And it puts me in that mindset of, you have so much to be grateful for. You can't see it right now because it's a lot, but this is all good. Welcome to another episode of Why I'll Never Make It, or Win Me for short. Here you'll learn from fellow creatives as they share stories and the realities of a career in the arts. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, a professional actor and singer for almost 30 years. You can stay up to date with this podcast by going to whyillnevermakeit.com. There you can sign up for the monthly newsletter, search artist resources and offers, or contact me directly through text message or voicemail. All that and more is at whyillnevermakeit.com. When it comes to our mindset, it's important that we not only focus on the business and artistic sides of being an artist, but also emphasize the importance of our personal lives and how we handle our day-to-day tasks and obligations. In part two of our conversation, Ashley reveals the yin and yang of her confidence and her self-doubt. She compares her dating life to Broadway and has a few choice words for perfectionism. But we actually start out this episode with Ashley asking me the personal question. What was the thing you liked to do as a kid? Like one of those little, like, were you into Legos? Were you into, I did, like- I did love Legos. I also loved my G.I. Joe man. Creating, you know, creating. stories or whatever. Yeah. Creating, yeah. But I, I remember one of my favorite things. I had The Hobbit. It was on an actual LP record album. And it was the movie, the animated version of The Hobbit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was almost like an audible of the of the movie. And so I would just listen to it, you know, creating and remembering this and singing it along or speaking it. or So, I, yeah, stuff like that. I'm just getting lost in stories. Oh, I love that. I love that. I had some of those little tapes that you put in and you like read along with the tape. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. Yeah. I love those. I turned to my sister one day and I said, I'm going to do this. And she said, what, <laughs> write a book? And I was like, no, this. And I pointed to the tape recorder. I was like, I can do that. I've been doing voices since I was like five with my sister, just creating like interesting, weird. I don't know where it came from. But like when I was a kid, I was like, let's make up a family. Everyone's got a different voice. They all even have different like afflictions. It's crazy, but it's so cool. 
voice acting is one of those things that I love just doing in my spare time, but actually making a craft or finding work in it, mm. super hard. It's so hard. It's such a specific niche, which I feel like with, with podcasting, it's... It's good because you're in front of a mic. So you're you're very comfortable in front of a mic. So, you know, putting a copy in front of you and just kind of going off and and doing it, it's it's a little bit easier. And then you just take that, you record it, and then you put it on SoundCloud. And then whenever you submit for stuff, you just send that. It's a great way of trying. I mean, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> and and have you found success with that kind of approach? I've found a lot of success this year. I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying like, I'm so, I've, I've just, it's, it's amazing how the consistency with which I've submitted my ratio is higher than ever this past year. I've had an abundance of auditions hmm. for voiceover and I've booked, I booked an animated, um, it was originally a, a Spanish series called Be More Popcorn and they're doing English, uh, my voice is being used. So whatever that is, the like like the dubbing. Yeah, they're dubbing it, and I read every character in the audition thing, which was like six. Because don't tempt me with a good time. I am down for the get down, and so I read all six of them. And she was like, "Are you interested in two? I'm like, "I'm interested in six. <laughs> Let's do it." So and, um, let me know what you need. Yeah. No. And so, um, so that was really cool. And I got that because I just threw together a couple of voices on a tape. So that's been really good. And then I've had so many auditions for commercials this year. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, if I look back to like four years ago, I just wanted someone to look at me so hard. I just wanted some casting director to be able to glance. Like, I just to be able to get in the room. And I know the room's digital now and they may not remember you as much. But my self tapes that I'm putting together, they're so good. (laughs) I feel so good about that. You know, like they're good. Like I watch them and I'm like, God, this is fun. Even if I don't book it. Yeah. I've had a few of those. I will admit that I'd much rather be in the room. I'd much rather be with the, the casting people, the director or whoever, but self-taping is certainly all it is now. And I think going forward, even once the pandemic's done, it's going to be the the go-to at least in initial auditions. It's like self-tape and then we'll see if we like you enough to, to see you in person. I think that's the way it's probably going to go. But yeah, so we all have to kind of bump up our skills. And there have been those times where I look back at it going, okay, I delivered a moment. That was good. Oh, look at me. There was one, it was for an audio drama podcast. It was one of those where there was so much happening that I I was still able to kind of vocalize because he was being tortured and shot. and, And so he was still kind of acting even through the other line. So it was like this full, like one minute long, almost monologue of me just like pleading for my life. And it was like intense. I listened back to it going, Oh, wow, that was good. Now I felt really great about those auditions. Didn't hear anything. And I think that's what I don't like about self tapes, at least in person, there's some indication like, Oh, they like this. They didn't like that. Okay. I could have done that better with the self tape. It can be brilliant in my eyes, but I have no idea how they perceived it. So do you find that is difficult to feel some satisfaction in that? 
you know, it, at first I was feeling, and I talked to my agent, I'm like, Hey, do you get any feedback on any of these tapes? She's like, no, if we get feedback, we'll let you know. She's like, your tapes are great though. And I'm like, all right, cool. And at first you're like, I just want, I want, I want a book. And then it kind of got to the point of like, look, girl, you have no control of if you're going to book, but if you are happy with what this tape looks like, that has to be enough. Because if not, it's going to deter you overall. And like, yes, the casting directors have the power in the fact that they're putting you in front of the director and then the director's like, yeah or no. Like, yes, the power is out of your hands, but the only thing that is in your hands is sending in something that you would be okay posting something that if you were to watch it and like put it on for someone, would you be like, look how great this is. Like, it has to be something that you're super proud of. And I think that in the past, I was definitely doing a lot of auditions by the seat of my pants and maybe wasn't as proud of a lot of auditions. But I can totally say in 2020, everything I've sent out, I've been like, this, this makes sense. If they choose this tape, this tape makes sense for them. Like, I had one yesterday and I'm like, if they don't choose me, they're crazy. I mean, I was like, and, and it's not, it's not a a, a ridiculous amount of ego. It's just like a confidence of like, this makes sense. If I were to turn on the TV, this performance makes sense. And I think we have to get to that point of like, what exactly is it? Who are they trying to sell this to? Because again, like everybody's trying to sell something. So if it's a commercial, who they're trying to sell it to. If it's a TV show, who's the target audience? Like who are they trying to sell this to? Does this person that you're putting on this tape look like someone that would be on CBS or be on an online commercial or be on like the only thing we can do is try to prepare the outside as well as what's coming out as much as we can. And I assume that that's something that you at least had in mind in previous auditions before before pandemic before self taping. Yeah, but-, but not to the extent, honestly, because it was always like, well, they'll see, they'll see. I for some reason thought they'll see my potential. No one wants to see your potential. <laughs> they want to see the finished product. Yes, and I think for so many years I didn't really get that for a lot of the auditions, and like now it's just. I just feel I feel a lot more confident. And I think it's because of so many years of just doing, you know, because one of the toughest things about being an actor is the fact that you don't work unless someone else tells you that you can. And then you have a job. You can't do your thing without someone else saying that you can do it. And so that's what's so frustrating because you want to be an actor. You want to be good at acting. But if you're not acting, you won't get better. Mm hmm. And yeah. so that's why creating your own work is just so vital. And even podcasting, podcasting goes along with it too, because you're seasoning yourself even more. You're, you're, you're in front of a camera, you're talking to people, you're, you're performing and it just, it just helps you become an overall better product because we are products. <laughs> Oh, for sure. We are pieces of a huge advertising campaign, whether it's for the latest Broadway show, this TV commercial, whatever it is, it's to get butts in the seats or to get people in a store. You know, those are our two goals. I thought of something the other day. It's like everyone can sit at the table. Sometimes you just have to wait till someone gets up. Hmm. 
And everyone finishes their food at some point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? Some people have been at the table a long time and they've set up their own table that's in a higher, different place from Totes. the normal tables. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that people see is like it's a piece of a pie and we're trying to get our little piece of the pie. And I'm like, no, there's actually lots of pies and you just have to find the right one that tastes good for you and the one that you can sell the best. Mm-hmm. It's not just one pie. It's the same with our money. It's the same with our acting career that we have to find the, the one that's out there that's going to fit with us. And I think that goes back to this idea of make it this idea of what success is. Like you and I, we want that Broadway. We know we're good enough for it. We know we're right for it. It's just a matter of what pie is going to come along and be the one we can finally do. Totally. And when you look at some of the people who've been on Broadway and some of the most wonderful performances and come from obscurity, no one comes from obscurity. Like the <laughs> the climb is so much. But when when we finally do see them and they're like this breakthrough, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. It's I love Broadway so much. It's my first love. I'll always love it forever. Someday, someday we'll be together. But for now, I just have to, I have to work on being the best me that I can be for Broadway to really love me. You know, (laughs) that sounds super unhealthy for a relationship. (laughs) I need to be the best version of me. Um, You know, whenever you start dating someone, they're like, why are you single? Like, that's always the question. And really? I have the, people ask that. Oh, honey. Yeah. Every, like every guy I've been on a date with. So how are you single? Why are you single? It's always that, you know? Okay. It's that like they're trying to be cute. And my response is because I'm not the person I need to be when I meet the person I'm meant to meet. Because I've been, I've been trashly just smashly <laughs> for a long time so i and i, I don't want to be the person she was gonna date <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I like your analogy of of dating broadway and it's just a matter of when is broadway gonna want to date us yeah or when is broadway ready for us <clears throat> you know it's it's gonna happen. It's gotta happen. Happen sometime. Maybe <laughs> this time. I mean, I fit that song into a lot of conversations. <laughs> we have a Rolodex of songs going in our head, and a moment happens, and the song comes out, and then we're living the song. Indeed, That's, that is it's, musical theater. It's funny because I'm part of a series. It's an LGBTQ body positive show called Skeleton Crew. And we're in our fifth season and we're currently doing a musical episode. And it's a full length musical. It's an hour and 20 minutes. It's a full length musical written by Joshua Pangborn and Nakia from The Voice. And it's like so good. I'm so happy that Broadway's literally like come to me because it's like it's a it's I'm impressed with their composing skills and the lyrics like it's. It's really, really good. And we're filming that now um, using all of, of course, the proper safety precautions and everything. And we're filming a song called The ABCs of Kink. Okay. All right. And it's very Stephen Sondheim-y, that song. And so it's cool. It's it's funny how, like, when, when you're just right for certain things, they come to you. Things right. happen because it's supposed to. Well, how do you choose the ones that, that you go after? If, if you're looking at the long list of things that you can go out for, what is it that draws you in that lets you know this is the one I got to go for? I think time commitment. If it's a one day thing, I'll give somebody my one day. 
you know, if it's if it's one day I can commit to that. If it's a series, who are they? What have they done? Um, if they haven't done anything, depending on like what their vibe is, how motivated do they seem? You know, um, so there's a few there's a few variables and that's on like the indie thing. But when it comes to like, you know, agent submission, booking, how much is it? What are we doing? You know, not to say I'll do anything for money, but I will. I mean, th- there is a certain aspect of that, right? Yeah. When it comes to Mama performing. gotta eat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've definitely done some stuff that, because I'm on a bear series, you know, and so sharing it with my super conservative Louisiana family, they're like, it's a lot of men kissing, you know, <laughs> it's a different type of show. But that being said, my character makes so much sense in that world. And I have a lot of fun playing her. Was being in the arts something that was celebrated, you know, because I'm from the South as well, being from Alabama? Was was the arts something that was was loved, but only certain kind of art? Well, I grew up singing in the church. Everyone knew me from really singing. And it just so happened some of the songs I sang were funny. And so that's kind of like where I got my footing. But originally it was just going to be like singing. And I even thought of going into opera and like really pursuing that because I was such a coloratura soprano. That's what I was going to do. And then musical theater popped up and I was like, oh, I get to be funny on stage and sing. Hell yeah. Sign me up for this. I would like to do this for a job. Can I? (laughs) But yeah, I think my family has been super duper supportive considering where they came from and where they are now. I think that they've been as supportive as they possibly could be. Is my dad going to watch a sex scene that I'm singing over on skeleton crew? No. (laughs) Um, Is he going to watch my show, the art of blowing it because I made him? Yes. And last summer, as the pandemic was kicking into full swing, Ashley and her friend Laura Smith worked on another sexy project. This was Ashley's first foray into podcasting. And even though Sexless in the City only lasted nine episodes, they had a wide range of guests from a matchmaker and a comedian to a Reiki healer and tantric yogi. And as far as why she wanted to do this podcast, it all came down to one reason connection it was so great I had such a good time I was with one of my girlfriends and we just had so much fun it was awesome and so now it's like I wanted to then do my own thing and um she was super supportive because you know she was working and she's like I don't really have time to do this and I'm like I've got all the time And was that your first podcast? It was my first podcast. I had gone on a friend's podcast um, not too long before that and had such a great time on her podcast. And um, I wanted to do a podcast since like 2010, you know, like uh, since Kevin Smith started doing his, I was like, I really want to do a podcast. And then finally, one day I was just like, okay, like (laughs) there's, (laughs) there's no reason I thought about it long enough let's just like let's go in and do it and so it's been so great I really love it like it's it's a lot doing a podcast like you know it's super time consuming and you wonder is this worth it but then when you're doing it you're like yeah it's fucking worth it what else would I be doing like (laughs) I'm watching a tv show sure 
But like in the grand scheme, it's like I'm doing something that's for me, but also with someone else. We're talking about their life and we're sharing it. Like it's great. It's the essence of humanity in a way of just connection. And like, I, I love it. I love it so much. I absolutely love it for that exact same reason. And really, it's been my one creative outlet during, you know, in the last nine months. That's why I'm, I'm kind of throwing all my eggs in this basket right now because it's all I got. I think it's great. And I think at the end of the day, especially for performers, I think podcasting so good because you can always send someone a link to one of your podcasts. Yeah. Like if you're if you're trying to submit for like a voiceover thing and you've just had a podcast and your opening monologue was like really solid, it's constant work that you're creating for yourself and you can use it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I love it. I love it. But whether you're creating a podcast or writing a play or just going over monologues, There's an element of fear and self-doubt that often hampers our progress. And it can be so helpful to have a sounding board, someone to bounce ideas off of or call us out when something isn't quite right. Ashley and I actually get into that with this week's Final Five episode. It's actually the first Final Five episode of the season. And for the past year and a half, they've been just a bonus episode that has been released alongside these episodes. For this season, however, The Final Five is now a bonus episode available to members of the WinMe community. Just go to the website whyillnevermakeit.com to learn more about how you can gain access to these Final Five episodes. And so getting back to what I was saying about being hampered by our own thoughts and how we can sometimes criticize ourselves or hold ourselves back, for me, there's this desire to get something just right. No mistakes. I want a shiny, finished product. So I continually tweak and adjust and edit. Just the process of editing these episodes can be an exercise in the minutia of leaving in one word or cutting out another sentence. And this spills over into other areas of my life where I get overly nitpicky about certain things. I don't do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't overdo. Um, I may overdo things, but I don't know. I don't spend. I don't spend. I prefer things to be done than perfect. I don't want perfection. I just don't. That's not my MO at all. We had time. And so we decided to just use it. And it hasn't been overly done on this project. I also am just super lucky that Jose Andre Sabaha and Ebai decided to be a part of this project because it took what Josh and I with the Sidekick Productions team would have done and working with another production company. I mean, you've got instead of just one filmmaker and me, who's like the budding filmmaker and producer that I've been, you know, working in that realm the past couple of years, having these two incredible cinematographers and producers working on this show made it bloom. Like just made it, it took it from where we were to just someone else loved it. She's so well adjusted. She has so much well, love in her life. Well, well right, because because she didn't just have one parent. She had a multitude of parents that raised her. It took a village on this one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and so where will the art of blowing it be available? 
Oh my God, you can check it out over at YouTube. It's going to be at YouTube under Sidekick Productions, or you could just Google the art of blowing it. Boom, it'll pop up. Super simple. And then we're going to have it on Amazon Prime starting in uh, February. Very nice. I'm fancy. <laughs> I love that. I Super love that. fancy, drinking out of her uh, skull cup. <laughs> yeah, fancy. <laughs> well, thank you, Ashley. This has been great thank talking you. to you. As you can hear, Ashley is an upbeat and perky individual who was an absolute joy to talk to. But I must say, and and, and I wonder if you went through this, there were times in her sharing about this audition or that particular project, I found myself asking, why isn't that me? Why am I not finding those opportunities and staying as artistically busy and seemingly fulfilled as she is? Now, while there is no set answer for that kind of self-doubt and, to be honest, jealousy, it also goes back to something she said about seeing the circumstances in front of us with gratitude. Appreciation for what we have goes a long way towards diminishing the heartache and disappointment of what we don't have. No matter the struggles or challenges that come our way, There is always a bit of goodness, even the tiniest spark of joy that can be found in our lives. And it is important that we find times to focus on that. Because especially in this profession, so much of what happens or whatever jobs might or might not come our way, it's just out of our control. And so Ashley shows us how taking control of what she could manage and creating projects for herself she found a deeper sense of fulfillment and a better definition of making it. If you need any help in creating that balance, working on the artistic or the business side of your career, then feel free to reach out to me for coachings and consultations. I'd love to help you in any way I can at any point along your creative journey. You can reach out to me or sign up for monthly coachings at whyillnevermakeit.com. Thank you so much for joining me and Ashley for part two of our conversation. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, executive producer of this podcast. Dylan Adams is the booking producer. Music in this episode provided by Blue Dot Sessions and Vortex. Join me next week with Broadway and television actor Jeffrey Owens as we talk more about why I'll never make it. Most enterprises use disparate systems to manage spend. The result? A reactive manual approach. CFOs and controllers, you deserve better. You deserve a unified spend platform from Brex. Brex makes it easy to proactively control spend with cards, spend management, travel, and bill pay in one place. You can create budgets with controls built in, track and adjust in real time to keep teams accountable, and automate compliance to close the books faster. Ready to control your spend with one unified platform? Visit Brex.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 